This episode is sponsored by Better Help. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is, a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially as you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 469, brought to you by Arby's and iFanboy listeners just like you. Mmm, meats. Hey, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 469. My name is Paul Montgomery. Joining me, Mr. Josh Flanagan. Woo-ha! And Connor Kilpatrick. Oh, he's at a game convention selling robots. Showing off robot toys. Robots. He's having fun. Yeah. That's yeah, okay, that works. I guess that's a valid excuse. These yeah. these jobs. You know they, jobs are weird. Uh, they're they're inconvenient at the least. Yes. Uh we are iFanboy and we like comics, and every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks the best book that we read, call that the pick of the week. We talk about it on this here show, along with other books, the week, various other topics of interest. Goofy nonsense, things like that. Before we get to the show, quick reminder slash warning, this is a review show, and we will be talking about the things that happened in this week's books. All the people who got their heads chopped off, um, missing any toes, uh, slept around, we're going to be talking about all of that. So if you are worried about spoilers, pause the show, come back when the coast is clear. And this week, the other guy had to pick. Josh, what'd you yeah. like? Josh, the other guy, Flanagan, that's me. Yeah. Woo-ha! I'm going to bring that back, that Buster Rhymes joint. <laughs> I got, I got you all in check. That's just for anybody out there. Take me back to the Box Music Network. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. So I read one DC book this week. No. Uh, and it was Batman Superman number 18. Um, and I do hate to qualify, but I don't want to qualify. Um, it wasn't a great week for comics. It's really. a weird kind of week. It's fe- it felt like a, I don't know, like a fifth week. Yeah, like it was like, let's dump the. And I think like the last two weeks were, here are all the books that we have for 2015. And then this week yep. was like, we already used up all the books. 
Yeah. Um, that being said, I, I actually there's a value to weeks like these because you get to focus sometimes on other things, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. So, made the pick of the week: Batman, Superman, number eighteen, uh, 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 written by Greg Pak, uh, art by Artie and Saif. Uh, there's a bunch of other names there on the cover. Um, and then, of course, they didn't put the title near the beginning. So I will give those people due credit when I can find that page. Um, but the reason that we're at the pick of the week now is is is, is several fold. Is that a sure? Is that a, 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 a usable? You have artistic license. It's several fold. Um, one, I I really, you know, I, I I'm I'm enjoying these really sort of straightforward. I hate the phrase old school, s- sort of superhero stories you know like like throwback yeah like this just there's there's nothing gimmicky about this it's just let us come up with a threat for these characters and as it is both of them we will have the we will have both of them have to interact with this story and and we will get a a competent artist and and we will just tell good old-fashioned dc comic superhero stories and and I, this is totally like an aging thing or we we do this too much but like i i really appreciate that like i was just okay I know what I know what we're doing here, and there's something really impressive about that age-old style of comic booking. And I think mm-hmm. uh, the two guys right now at, uh, at at DC who are really doing that, you know, are are Greg Pak and Jeff Parker, you know, and and there are others too. But like they're just they're just telling telling good old imaginative DC superhero stories, and I really like that. And then and then as an aside to that, when you look at what this book started as. Um, and really, it might just be a change of artist um, with Jay Lee to to where we are now. Um, I gotta say, I like this a lot better. Yeah, it's much more straightforward. Um, it, I feel like the art fits the story a lot better. Um, I know what's going on, and I like this. I like this story that's going on. I like that it, there's a mystery. We don't know what's happening. I like that Ray Palmer showed up. Um, basically, this the idea that this is if you haven't been following along, this is the third part of the uh, Superman's Joker storyline. So somebody out there is trying to screw with Superman, and it, like in the same way that a Joker screws with Batman. Everybody deserves a Joker, yeah. yeah. And so the, it's a mystery, and we don't know. You know, here we learned a little bit about the mystery: is that the invisible bullets that were coming after people were were actually uh, Kandorans, uh, little tiny Kandorans, uh, who are who are microscopic. Uh, um, Oh, apparently this one's really big, though. <laughs> the one that they found, um, a microscopic Kryptonian. He's like a, I don't know, like a new era GI Joe, really. Yeah, yeah. Like not the old like Ken doll size GI Joes. But like if I found little Kryptonians 80s. crawling around on me, I'd be creeped the fuck out because they're yeah. they're big enough for that. And so, in the New Fifty Two right now, the Kandorans are all in a coma. Yeah. They're all they're all taking a snooze. They're all in Odin sleep. And so we don't know if this is he wanted to be shot out of a cannon or that's part of the mystery well, he, here or he, uh, he, he did midair maneuvers. Mm-hmm. So that's a thing. So uh, or, basically, or is he being coerced in some way? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a really nice and then there's a reveal on the last page. I have no idea what it is. It doesn't really yeah. matter. I know they're going to tell me next time. I don't know who those people are. I don't know what that means. This is a thing that I've had with comic books for a long time. What is the last page? Because mine wouldn't load. I was reading on Comixology, it's and literally it's the only page that would not load for me. It's a woman in a, a black uh, bodysuit. with what look, looks like a sort of gold, sort of almost a bat symbol. She has purple hair and red eyes. And then there's a bunch of, like, ninjas like tech ninja kind huh. of dudes behind her in black and gold. I, and maybe if I was reading something else, I would know who they were. Um, this is one of my big problems with modern comic books is that is the last page reveal. I, I never know what it is anymore. 
Yeah. You know, unless, unless it's the Joker, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, that's not ringing any bells for me either. So, well, also, it's just, know. you know, and they changed everything. So, right. Everybody, look, you know, got redesigned. So maybe, I, I don't know. It's, I think it's Polaris. No, she has green hair. And also, she's a Marvel character. That's true. I don't even know if she's alive in Marvel anymore. There's a lot of stuff to keep track of is what I'm getting at. Um, so, the, like, and the other thing I really dug about this was, I, I don't really mean, you know, they have a book called Batman Superman because, God damn it, the, the dynamic between uh, Cal and Bruce is interesting. Mm-hmm. End of the day, it just is. And, and, and the deal here was that was Bruce was trying to solve this for Superman, and his plan uh, was to, and, and this makes a leap with this relationship, was that the person that Superman cared about the most was Lois. Which mm-hmm. in this world, that's actually saying a lot. Which brought up the question. I'm going to ask you this, if you know. Okay. Uh, um, are we are we done with Superman, Wonder Woman? Is that is are they are they not a thing anymore? Did they change their Facebook status? I I don't know, but I, I th- but I think like all the time, even if he is going out with someone else, Lois is still pretty important to right. him. Yeah, I know. But, but so I don't. But I don't know. I feel like the they were getting pretty heavily that there's a thing going on because like like. Uh, Supergirl was like, really? You know, like that was like it was, it was treated that way, which is fine. So, so Batman sets her up to be, you know, the bait, and she's so, you know, badass and, and trusting of, 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 you know, Superman's protection. Not unlike Margot Kidder, like jumping off the falls. You know, she's like, yes. hey, you're to save me. I'll be fine. Yeah. Like, she's got that, which I really like. Um, because like she is, she's at the same time, she totally is the damsel in distress, but there's also like such a hot spot with it that it's not, ma- it's not weakening to her. Mm-hmm. Like she's just super confident. Like, no, you can take care of me. It's gonna be fine. But that really has to do with her, not him. I don't know mm-hmm. if, that, if that. So anyway, it turns out that uh, the one that he loves the most is not Lois Lane, but it's Batman. Yeah, it's sort of a That's I don't know, great. like a like a chasing Amy kind of reveal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was great. It was it was awesome. I mean, it was like because the the heart of the book is really about how important these two characters are to each other. Uh, you know, both in a global marketing and licensing standpoint, and <laughs> uh, and in a uh, fictional relationship standpoint. But I really like that. And I, and I like that even when they're getting along, because sometimes they aren't, but even when they are getting along, Batman is always a triple agent in any kind of interaction yes. with Superman. He's like, oh, just in case I do have kryptonite laced armor, and just in case I lied to you about three things in this <laughs> scenario, but it would be because okay. Like, imagine being Superman and your, yeah. and your best friend is Batman. At the same you, you, time, but you know, Batman realizes that if his best friend is Superman, his best friend is is like a bajillion megaton uh, weapon. But then imagine if you're Superman again, and just okay. like that, your friend thinks that, or like has to be aware of that, and well, how maybe awkward you're, maybe that you're is. not as close to Ron as I am, but I, I have so hard to imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a long time listener joke. But I get, but I guess Superman would appreciate that. That like. He knows, he, like he of, yeah. of of anyone knows that he's volatile, you know that he that he could be dangerous, you know, if he falls into the wrong hands. And so it makes sense for Batman to be his f- best friend because he's the one that isn't pussyfooting around. He's the one who knows that Superman is and a I, warhead. I feel like Superman appointed him as that. I mean, Batman appointed himself also, but I feel like Superman has taken that on board. And so he's got like he go like yep okay, mm-hmm. you know you know if I go nut and you know it wasn't long ago that he was infected with the doom you know, with the doomed storyline and and was going nuts and and that's what that's what Batman's there for. Yeah, but in the back of your mind, still you know, Batman calls you up and he's like, let's go to Arby's, and you're Superman. You're like, we're not going to Arby's. Like that's well, what this he's, episode was brought to you by Arby's. That's exactly why I mentioned it's delicious. This. So, 
It's but why he, also. you know, you want to get that horsey sauce. But he, he knows that he's not going to end up at Arby's by the end of the night. He's going to be somewhere else. It's going to be like some kind of birthday celebration or whatever the Batman set up. And do he's you, not going to take credit for it. Whatever. Do you, they, uh, do you think they like lukewarm meat uh, on a wet bun? Do you think they're into that? Like a wet meat sandwich? Cause they like the I jalapeno like. poppers. Really? That's a thing. Yeah. One time they undercooked my chicken fingers like way back in college. And then I went back and I was like, this chicken's raw. And they were literally like... What do you want me to do about it? It's like, well, I'm done with this entire corporation based on one uh, shithead uh, in 1998, apparently, by the way. Uh, anyways, but this episode is brought to you by Arby's. So they did it on high heat. You put them in. <laughs> That's not supposed to be possible with the with the corporate friolators, I don't think, though. Like, right. It's kind of on. And that, that heats them up to... The- I think if you, if you take them right from the freezer and pop them in and they're, they're on too high of heat... You're going to cook the outside, but mm-hmm. the inside's going to stay pink. Let me ask you this. Do you think yeah. the listeners at home right now are going, this is what I wanted. This is it. Finally, we got there. Well, that's what they're getting. <laughs> they have no choice. They, they have don't. no choice. So they're stuck. I, I know that uh, I, I sort of hit the, the issue with the qualifier at the beginning, but at the same time, um, I really liked it. I really liked this storyline. I almost dropped the book uh, during the, the sort of last arc, and... Um, it's just it's just like good old fashioned comic books and and actually when I looked at everything I read this week it wasn't much of a choice for me. It was like this was the. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with like meat and potatoes superhero stories. Exactly, it's fun. Exactly, and well done too. I mean that's 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 the other key. Unlike your chicken fingers. Unlike exactly exactly. Let's talk about Rumble number yeah. two. So uh, John John uh, John Arcudi stepping out from the Mignola verse. Not just him. Not just him. James Harron as well. And Dave Stewart. Bringing and Dave Stewart, yeah, that's true. With, with Chris Eliopoulos on letters. This this right here, this is a pretty all-star team. This is pretty great. This is, you know what's tricky about this? I have no, no idea how to pitch this. This is... I don't, I have no, I didn't read about what it was beforehand. I started reading it. I got through two issues and I was like, I have no idea what that was, but I, I really like it. Well, I feel, I feel confident in that I am, I'm sort of like, passively allowing myself to be taken on this journey mm-hmm. of with John Arcudi and James Harron and Dave Stewart like manning the rickshaw and and taking me through this wonderful world of supernatural creatures basically i guess the way to pitch it is that there's it's what seems to be this ongoing maybe eons old battle between good and evil and various supernatural entities mm-hmm. and maybe a golem of some sort or maybe a couple of golems like the thing that washes up with the with the alligators that seems to be a MacGuffin that that thing seems to be some kind of I don't know homunculus or golem or whatever and then this main character or not the main character but the this through character with the cape and the sword is some kind of scarecrow thing that is a protector of mankind we found out with issue two um, but is also bent on destroying some dudes and. There's this one bartender who is caught up in the midst of it, and they found out through his his goofy stoner friend's um, uh, linguistic expert <laughs> friend that this IOU he got is uh, in, an offshoot of Phoenician. So there's some some weird through line there, but um, but it's basically like monsters in a battle royale, basically. Here's the, here's 
Here's the thing. It's just really hard to explain. I don't know what's going on. It's two issues in. I, I honestly don't know. Like, I understand from beat to beat, but it's like mm-hmm. we're, they're withholding some information from well, us. Well, I mean, and that's a storytelling choice. And the yes, thing is, that's sometimes fine. Sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, given the pedigree of these creators. And I, don't, I feel like we don't talk about James Heron a lot, but he is one of those guys that whenever I see a piece of his on the internet or whenever I see that his name is on the cover of something I'm going to read, I get very excited. I think he is... He's the bee's knees. I think he's 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 right up there with the guys who need to fucking stop it. Yeah, and, and I mean, I mean that. Tr- and you got you no. Know, I was thinking that too. Is like it's, it's the Mateo Scalera thing. He's like, just stop. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not nice what he's doing. <laughs> so other people have to do this for it's a living. Unfair. It's, it's unreasonable. Unfair. Um, so you know, I give them a lot of rope basically, and they've chosen the and I. This is the thing that I think of every time is the the like the Star Wars model, the Episode Four. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. explain anything it just starts up we know now because we know but back then people had no idea they didn't explain who darth vader was he just it was a whole bunch of shit going on and you started watching it from eye level and that's what this is um you know and and given what we know about it i'm cool with that um it's a little you know it's like it's like watching an episode of murder she wrote with my mom and I know she's going to be like, well, wait a minute do you think that guy kept? I was like well let's find out let's let's continue watching and I have full faith yeah. in the creators involved in Murder, She Wrote, that they're going to give us the information we need. It's just they're, they're rationing it out a bit. And so I think, I think intentionally we're left in the dark just as Bobby the bartender is. And I think we have enough hints to at least know somewhat who's, who's on the side of good and who's on the side of evil. Like we know at this point that the scarecrow thing is – you know, is not going to hurt Bobby, wants to protect him. Creepy moment where he wakes up at the foot of his bed. Um, I love the monster designs in this. Well, I, I was going to say, like, right now, if, if, like, the only purpose of this book is is to design a bunch of monsters and weird-looking things um, between Heron and and, uh, uh, and Stuart, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I kind of am all right with that if it turns out to be a bigger thing. And listen, you know, Arcudi's a heck of a writer, so... I, I think we're I think we're gonna get there, but yes, I mean I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Whatever that big sword thing is, and he's made a straw, made a straw, the, the rib cage demon. I mean, I mean, I, uh, Heron and Otley at one point. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they had a blog where the two of them would just draw monsters. Like that was that was what they did. That's awesome because I mean it's like and it's and it's not like okay this is a creature from the Black Lagoon monster and this is like a mummy kind of thing. They're breaking out from the Universal monsters and going in with completely, and they're not even like informed necessarily by like a certain animal. You know, it's it's a bunch of things cobbled together and to the point that it just becomes its own unique creature. Like I love the one with like the sort of intestines on the outside. Yep. Um, that are, seem to be glowing a little bit. There's also a, a cat that explodes. We didn't even talk about the three-legged dog and the, the cat that just blows up. There's a cat that fell out of a window. Right, right, right. And apparently, like, is undead. There's something weird with his eyes. And in this issue, he's grown out of the apartment, ate all the stuff in the refrigerator, is now out in an alley eating stuff out of a dumpster. And he just blows up, and it seems like light's coming out. It's just – if you love monsters and – I don't know. I, I, there's like a kind of a sandbox quality to this that I really like. It's just let's have some monsters do some crazy stuff. There's let's have this guy catch on fire for no reason. And the one guy has a he has a multi-headed lizard snake for his pet. He's and he takes him out to to play fetch with the football. He's like I'm very I, yeah. upset when it's beheaded. Yep, I um, love the, uh, the I just love the playfulness of yeah. it. None of these things have context uh, yet, 
and uh, you know that could ruin it. So why bother? And you know, going with the sort of the title Rumble, it's it's uh, you know you get great monster fights in every issue. Yep. So, and uh, there's lots. I mean, you know, there, there's there's things that this shares with Maceo Scalera. There's a lot of speed lines going on here. Yeah, a lot of speed lines. Great Whenever design. Whenever that sword goes through something, and you see the blood and viscera, it looks like yogurt. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> it just it, this book turns me into like a twelve year old, and I'd love it. Yeah, it's it's worth the time. I think what we're getting at. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. another another book that I actually I did enjoy was uh, All New X Men number thirty five. You could call this Rumble almost. There was a there's a yeah. there's a lot going on, and it's been long enough that I was like, what the what the fuck am I looking at? What this is, is like is um, this, this. Yeah, this arc is sort of like a precursor to uh, Secret Wars and Battle World because you've got a mashup of the Ultimate Universe and the Six One Six or whatever, and so you have multiple Jean Greys and uh, you know, just just like just like uh, with, with when this book started, you know, like on paper, if you were to look at me and say, oh, "You want to do this?" I'd go, "No, it sounds like a bad idea," but it's pretty compelling. Mm-hmm. It has been. You know, watching, watching the different ver- Iceman, all the Iceman interacting with both himself and other people. That's all. That was all just wonderful. Yeah, it's you know, so it's sort of like the inverse of Rumble, but still in a, in a good way. Like where we can't really pitch Rumble without just rambling about things we liked about it. Yeah. Um, this is something where it's super pitchable, but it doesn't feel like oh, it's just a paint by numbers kind of gimmicky thing we take the x-men from the past and bring them into the future um which, which just it just sounds like an event event thing for event sake and this and, is and the offshoot of that is we then take those x-men from the past and then we have them meet the ultimate x-men at the same like like it's right. and then and then and then they go fight dr doom like it sounds stupid but it it's you know he's making it work and then yeah, oh, just, oh, oh miles morales will be there miles morales Why? yeah so mm. it's Sure. I mean, like, and that's that sort of thing is that, like, the Ultimate Universe, there's not really, this is sort of like the last hurrah of the Ultimate Universe, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, these characters, because I don't think any of them are going to survive this whole Secret Wars thing. And Miles Moran, it's sort of like, I feel like, in a way, Secret Wars is just, like, a way to have Miles Morales survive mm-hmm. and, and not go out with the bathwater of the Ultimate Universe. I mean, like, because there, there's, like, nothing else really going for the Ultimate Universe. No. No, yeah. It's super, I mean, there, 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 some interesting things happen, you know, even within recent years. But um, by and large, if you're, if you're looking at that versus the 616, like, like very little of that is going to survive. And the one sort of draw is, is Miles. And you want, even if they're going to take away the Ultimate Universe, they have to come up with some way for Miles to be, still be around. Yeah. And... Uh, and this this is sort of like a way to say, hey, wasn't you know Ultimate Gene kind of interesting? And yeah, let's it, talk, it, let's celebrate Ultimate, you know, uh, some of the Ultimate uh, mutants that uh, died that aren't around anymore, which is a bunch. Yeah, no, it's you're totally you know you know by by putting Ultimate Gene with this Gene, like it you know that stuff comes out of it. That's that's that is interesting. Or or you know, let's also again a concept that that really should have run its course uh, is is X twenty three. And you know between what what's going on in this book and what had happened uh, in Avengers Arena, like like that character's been really one of the really interesting characters uh, for mm-hmm. a while in Marvel now. And again, on paper, that doesn't make sense. So you know when you see you know Marvel's gonna merge the universes or whatever, and you're like, well, it's stupid. Like, 
who know who cares what the press release says Just, you know it's sort of, it's sort of like right there in front of you it's so it's so simple like when you t- take the take the ultimate love triangle within marvel universe with, within comics in general and cyclops gene wolverine mm-hmm. and let's flip a gender on one of those and let's make them teenagers yeah and it just sort of writes itself yeah and and you know there's things that bendis is good at and and i cannot begrudge him this um mm-hmm. is, is it mahmoud asrar it's it's yeah it's Mahmoud Azrar coming in and, and a really great fit for this. Yeah, he's I mean he's fit in right away with you know uh, uh, David Marquez and I don't think Michelle does it anymore so much but uh, it's, mm-hmm. there's been a strong continuity of image I guess in these. Um, mm-hmm. it's been a good it's a good book you know. Um, really good stuff. Autumnlands Tooth and Claw, number three. Number three. Number yeah. Three. So um, Tooth and Claw has been renamed Autumnlands. Did we talk about we talked about the first one? I don't know if we talked about the second one at all. Was it? I didn't. Was that a th- Autumn Lands? That's new. That wasn't on it before, was it? it no, was, was because it? and and Busiek in the back is like there used to be a tooth and claw. He's like I did a search, like I did a Google search to see if there was something with that trademark, and there wasn't because there was a comic called Tooth and Claw, and it was an image book hmm. from years ago, and it had sort of lapsed. But apparently, in 2012, the guy who wrote Tooth and Claw re-upped it. And wants to do more stuff, so now they have to rename it. So he said, eventually, like the tooth and claw is going to fall away. But just you know, mm-hmm. since this just started and people checked out tooth and claw number one, they want people to know that it, that's the same book. So it's going to be Autumn Lands ultimately. Thank you for uh, explaining that to me because I just didn't have I didn't read it because I was lazy. So you you provided me a service. I just think I just think it's 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 interesting and it's and it's and it's really ironic that it was another image book with the same name. It wasn't well, like yeah. something from I don't know. Listen, from what I understand, the guys running that company, <laughs> they just they got no idea what is well, going on. But as you know, um, <laughs> big fan of the anthropomorphic animals, and when you throw in swords and sorcery stuff with it, even more exciting. Um, one of my favorite movies is. Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Now I've mentioned two different um, Angela Lansbury vehicles on this one podcast, mm-hmm. and there will be more if I can fit them. I would really love to see you. Go, I'd like you to take that to its logical conclusion. Logical conclusion. We'll see. Possible. We'll see. Um, I've got some ideas. Anyways, um, in that movie, which has a ton of different sections, there's the one part that's uh, animation and they go to the island of Nabumbu and there's anthropomorphic animals and the backstory of that is there was this sorcerer and they overtook the source the human sorcerer and it became an island of talking walking animals and in this world of autumn lands you've got these animals who don't I guess don't remember the past um, I'm assuming this is the far future where um, there are no more humans left except for the one that they've summoned from the past because magic is going away and they need a new champion. Uh, and there are crazy scarred bison people coming uh, and they're away from their floating city and now down on the ground. And I just like pretending that the, the, this human guy that they've summoned, the champion, is, uh, is Tim Riggins. And that makes it even more fun. Sorry, um, but he's sort of this reluctant uh, savior of these animal people and like owl wizards and warthogs and. But he ain't the same humans what we is. There's like his world is very close to ours, but he's using different words and stuff. Yeah, it, well, I don't know if that's just like the future. I don't know. Maybe. 
is like that they they refer to sort of a coalition and there's a little prose piece um about uh, a war which i guess i'm assuming it's like it's like a world war 3 scenario where like the humans just destroyed each other and magic was involved and then like the animals rose up yeah but it's been it's been so uh, you know there's been so much time between then that things have been forgotten and lost to history and so they don't really know what to make of this guy and he doesn't know what to make of them so i, I am a little I'm slightly ambivalent on this. Yeah. In that I all I'm almost bored of some of it. Like there's a lot of characters in their infighting and everything. There are a lot of characters, yeah. But it's it is interesting. It's it is compelling enough that I I do want to keep reading it and um the art um does really take me over the part. The sort of the dog guy, you know, like his his face, the way they drew, like like the art's fantastic. Like it's it was it's a really good choice. Of you mean the art. bull, the bull terrier guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That looks like a bulldog to me. Um, mm. I mean, I, I saw mean, one of those the other day. Somebody in my neighborhood's got a bull yeah. terrier. Uh, you know, and 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 sort of the being being able to do the expressions on that that is it a fox? The fox lady, whatever. The yeah, thing. it's a fox lady. She's like a um, a trader yeah. or something, and. She's, she's, um, you think she's allied with the animals from up in the sky, but actually she's also dealing with the, uh, the bad Buffalo people. So, you know, like, like a lot of times, um, your problem is going to be that there's not enough to grab onto. And here they are skirting right at the edge of too much world building. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a lot to pay. There's a lot going on. It's, it's extremely dense. Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I'm not not enjoying it. It's it. I'm, it's in danger of it at times. But really, it's pulled me back around. No, I, I, I completely understand. I um. I think I, I was surprised that the the bull terrier character who lost his father in the first issue. I thought that he was kind of going to be our sort of protagonist, our through line. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of switched, at least in this issue, to the human. And I wish that we had a little bit more of the dog. We just sort of see him in the background I, of I this issue. I think we'll come back to it, is my guess. Uh, yeah, I'm assuming we'll come back to him. But um, One thing that Kurt Busiek can do is find a thread and explore it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, he does not have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm just saying it would, be kind of, it would sort of be easier if we had the dog to be like, that's our entry point. That's, that's our every dog. Well, here, here's the thing, though. Like, I don't know any of these characters' names. There's too many of them. I'm st- I'm like right. Wait, no. So is the owl the asshole, or or was the the boar lady? Now imagine if now imagine if they were people. Yeah, no, I get that. You know what I mean? Like the, it would be like way too confusing. So having them, I think it's okay to be like, okay, that's the owl guy, and I know that, or the owl doesn't get along with the warthog. And <laughs> right. is, are they? Is one of them a lady? I don't know. Right. I don't know. So this, I mean, it's it's just on the edge of too much. It's yeah. I just I, I but I but I love the ambition of it. I like this. I, I do like the scope of it. And if they can maintain that, it's it's early days. So hopefully, you know, dude's got the. Cho- I mean, like Busek has the chops to handle it, though. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, there's, I, I have no doubt about that. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm in I'm in for I'm in for now. I'm in for a while. I'm good. I'm cool. Happy. Uh, Scotty Young is turning into a relatively impressive writer, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's doing some good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rocket Raccoon number seven. This is still going. Um, yeah. So, you, so I just want to start off with the cover. Yeah. <laughs> You've got sort of a whiteout oh, kind I'm of totally, pastiche I'm to totally, it. I'm, I, 
I just wanted the, there is a uh, Alex Ross uh, painting on the inside of the last page of the of the Autumn Lands Tooth and Claw. Oh God, yeah. Oh my God, that's like the best thing he's done. <laughs> it, it really is. I didn't I didn't want to let that go. I'm sorry. It, it, no, you're right. Up. It's super gorgeous. I'm glad we mentioned it. Um, so you get this whiteout sort of homage, and like, okay, I, I, like I, I was like, is it gonna just be a parody of you know mm-hmm. whiteout? And then you open up and whoa. It's Philippe Andrade, yeah, one of my favorite that. artists. I knew you'd be excited. I got very excited. I was. I actually read a couple pages and I was like, okay, well, this is a different artist. And I, I, I was like, Who is, is this Eric Canetti? And then I was like, wait a minute. And I God, flipped back to the front. And yeah, and it's uh, it was uh, Philippe and uh, one of my favorite artists, um, uh, Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a um, uh, John Carter, Princess of Mars thing for Marvel a while back. Anyways, um, this is... Super gorgeous, and I, uh, I, it's, it's a, it's just simple and smart that we have this, this this sort of Hoth kind of world, and Rocket and Groot get into a scrape. Groot loses an arm, and because of the creature that they were fighting with, it's keeping him from growing his arm back, so he's not able to regenerate as he so easily does in every other situation. So Rocket Rocket's got to go out yes. and find, like it's it's sort of like a fairy tale. Like he's got to go out and find the ingredients to help Groot, who is basically mortally wounded. It's the broadcast energy transmitter. Yeah, <laughs> those three things you put him in. No, those three things. It's not, but uh, I just I did it. I did it again. What do you want? Um, yeah, but I liked how like Rocket was just like, no, nah, no, it's fine. Like he's in denial for a while, and then the second that he wasn't, he's like, all right, let's go fix it, and. That, you know, there's something uh, something I like about that character, and I'm not going to tell you that that Bradley Cooper has not somewhat shaped my you know how I read him, and I think mm-hmm. that Scotty's totally locked into that uh, into that characterization, which is interesting because he you know he started this before that movie was out, so it's 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 really cool that it's this consistent. Um, it was it was fun, and it was a little touching, and it was a little sad, but I think you I think simple you nailed it in the best in the best way, uh, and I I loved. Um uh the the narration that uh that Scotty wrote in like they they go back to this this citadel or whatever the castle where the uh the ice ninjas live and for whatever reason they don't freeze yeah like you don't have to explain it away just kind of, it, there's it's kind of irreverent and i really like that for especially for this character yep um and i think it's even more touching because it is rocket who's somebody who doesn't easily show his feelings yeah you know, he tries to be the tough raccoon, and, and then uh, you know, next issue they fight Smog. Exactly. There's a there's a big dragon on it, and and that's that's another thing. It's cool that there's a nice little cliffhanger here because we've had a couple of sort of standalone issues, and those are really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of those was your pick of the week, right? Yep. Um, where everything was I am Groot, and uh, and now we get another bit of a longer story, and and uh, I, I I dig on this, and I think a great uh, choice of artist for this particular story yep, too. Really nice coloring on it too. Mm-hmm. Really um, good. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, if you, I bet that there is a Rocket Raccoon trade out there, and I bet that if you didn't read it, you're blowing it, and you should go get it. And if you do that, you should go to ifmr.com/slash/amazon, and you should order it there because if you use that link to Amazon, a little bit of your purchase price goes back to uh, our drug. I'm sorry, operations fund. <laughs> uh, here at iFanboy, uh, and that is a super easy way for you to do that. So if you're going to buy books. And I think people listening to this will buy books. 
I think so. I don't know. I buy books. I don't read them. I buy them. Maybe this podcast is their way of not reading books. I I have heard that, actually, now that you're saying it. Uh, But uh, that would be a super easy and helpful way to help out iFanboy.com if you appreciate the shows uh, that we do for you. Uh, It's iFanboy.com slash Amazon if you want to be a little more direct about what you're doing and you want to say, you know what? You know what? Take my money for your trucks. Sorry. Bandwidth. Take my money for your bandwidth. Uh, you can go to ifanboy.com slash registration. I wouldn't even know where to buy drugs. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I mean, I know a guy, but even I'd be embarrassed to ask him because it's like a thing. Anyway, um, ifanboy.com slash registration. You can contribute directly directly via PayPal, $3 a month or $30 a year. Uh, you can use a credit card or you can use your PayPal account. Up, up, up to you. Uh, it's January, which means that uh, so several people have renewed recently, and uh, I just want to uh, specifically thank... I thank the people who are our ongoing contributors. Uh, it, it, like, we don't like to talk about it uh, too much, but it's it's super helpful and it it, uh, it it makes this easier. So it's not a hardship for us at all to sort of do and fit in between our lives and everything. Uh, and you make that possible, and you're the ones who are who are definitely keeping us motivated to to keep the show good and carry along. That's super nice of them to do that. It we is. appreciate those people. I thought you were telling me it was super nice to say thank you. No, it's nice of you to say thank I you as well. You recognize. It's very thoughtful. Um, so the wicked and the divine continues on with some awesome hair, and I just want to and I just wanted to mention this one because um, they have this great idea of a fantheon, which is a convention about the pantheon. So if you haven't been reading Wicked and the Divine, it's about these sort of avatars, uh, rock star sort of versions of the gods. Uh, from various different, uh, not just like the Greek pantheon, but all over, uh, and different religions. And this whole series is sort of um, a meditation on fandom and and like going from being a fan to being a creator, that kind of stuff. And uh, so I was very excited to see their take on a convention because obviously those guys have been to conventions and, and how are they going to portray it? And... You know, if you're expecting them to sort of like make fun of fans, that doesn't really happen. No, but uh, there is, there is like a thing where like, like she keeps getting like by the end she doesn't want to sign any more autographs. She's getting annoyed. Yeah. And then there's another really interesting visual in this, in that um, the fan, like the only characters who are drawn in color and in detail, are the characters, the yes. gods for the most part, uh, where the fans are all just sort of brown lumps. Um, yeah, there's like these gray amorphous things, and that's kind of interesting. So it's really interesting. Uh, it's, if you think about, you know, these these are creators who have been to lots of shows and things like that. And that, I mean, it's a it's a it maybe a little bit, but it's it's understandable that that's how you might see the crowds, uh, especially yeah. if you're constantly being approached and asked for a piece of yourself. You know, yeah. The moment that really struck me was when the 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 one journalist character we've seen sort of emerges from the crowd and goes from being a gray amorphous blob into being that recognizable character so that our our main character who has basically attained godlike powers uh from from uh, Lucifer um is a little bit jaded at this point so and I and I think that's part of the part of the examination that they're doing is she started out as a really exuberant character who was a real fan and fawning over these gods and then became part of their world. And now the way she looks at the other people around her who are at this convention, it's just like she's one of the, one of the gods and everybody kind of blends in together. So I'm curious to see where, you know, where that, where that goes. 
in this character's journey. I think that's the, that's the interesting thing from going from the first volume to this second arc. Uh, so just, I, and I thought that was a really interesting way of doing that visually. So that's still fun. Uh, Rain, which is R-E-Y-N, number one, um, sort of jumped out from the pack for me. Um, it's written by Kel Simons, who uh, is doing that uh, Mercenary Sea book that we really enjoy. I'm listening. The World War II book, yeah. And this, but this is fantasy, and what sort of took me by surprise is uh, you, don't usually, you, you always usually see uh, white people on the front of fantasy. Um, you look at the Lord of the Rings, it's all... It's all white dudes and white ladies, and unless they're like an orc or something. And there are three characters in the cover of Rain. One is like a lizard person, but the other two are, are people of color, which is kind of interesting. And this is just – it's a straight-up fantasy, and we've got a guy who's a um, – Who's basically like a, like a protector? There's this idea of like a like a Jedi kind of paladin. He doesn't necessarily have magical powers. The female character in this is a healer, and she seems to have Jedi like powers. He's able to deflect like arrows and stuff. Um, but he's part of like this noble band of of warriors of wardens who um, who protect the land and haven't been around for a really long time. So there is that sort of Star Wars hero's journey kind of vibe to it. But what's kind of interesting is. He'll take out a monster spider thing, and then he has to bow down and pray, but he's very casual about it. And so he's constantly talking to the, uh, the, the goddess or whatever who is like his uh, patron or whatever. And to other people uh, around in the village, that looks really weird. It looks like a guy who's just talking to himself. Like so the he's Irish a- guy in Braveheart. Yes. So he's so he's like this, you know, this great warrior and everything and very revered by the people who know what he is and where he's coming from. But to a lot of people, he's just a person. He's like Reverend Jim. So like what's what's going on with this guy? And uh, and it's got some some creepy lizard people. And uh, it's just, it just kind of fun. And uh, as, as a fan of Mercenary Sea, um, I think it's cool that it's not another war story you know it's it's a totally different genre and i want to see where where these guys take it and that that book is like on a bit of a hiatus kind of a bit of a hiatus but um but yeah so so in the meantime uh this is this is a lot of fun and if you like fantasy uh and it's not just the same old like tolkien kind of uh archetypes um i think this is very entertaining cool and so you are still reading moon knight I jumped in because it's a light week. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so I didn't read the issues that I'd missed. Okay. Um, I just jumped fair. in on this That's one good. looking for something to talk about to fill out the show. And luckily, it was, it was a pretty interesting book, uh, especially from just a visual standpoint. So Moon Knight has been captured and is in some kind of cell, um, and he doesn't know where he is. He just woke up there, and they've been doing experiments on him. And there are other prisoners there, and they're like walking around in circles. And all of the um, all of the guards uh, are wearing like uh, Casey Jones kind of like hockey masks. And it reminded me of <laughs> it reminded me of that. I was so mad they cast that guy in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I, that was not how I heard Casey Jones in my head at all. No, I'm, ta- I'm I, I just went way back there, <laughs> but. Um, uh, Elias Kateas. Elias Kateas, yeah, yeah. But now when you say Casey Jones, I hear like his voice and I'm still like, that's not what he sounded like. <laughs> what did he sound like to you? I don't know. I don't think I pictured like a gruff New Yorker. Like it makes sense. But then like, I don't know. That's what he is. <laughs> I know. I pictured somebody younger. But also I was a kid when I first read him. So like when you're a kid, you, you know, things that are Did you sound like you? 
Probably. Was he supposed to sound like like Josh at eleven or something? No, what one Josh at eleven sounded exactly like Josh twenty two sounded. So, it was, it was, you know. It so it, you remind me. There's that movie, and I don't, and I forget what it's called, but it's um, it's Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger end up in a prison together, and it's like the unescapable prison. It's it came out like a year or two ago or something, and the whole time they're trying to figure out where the hell they are. Listen, if you wanted me to talk about a movie at a, at a character actor from the early 90s, I can do that. If you want to talk to me about an action movie that came out a year ago, I don't know what you're talking about. I had a Netflix disc to use up, and it had just come anyways. So he's trying to figure out where he is. And I like the point he's like, he's feeling the walls, he's feeling the floors, and it's in like a few days have passed. And then that weird like bird skull thing is talking to him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, the floor's cold. And he's like, is that, you've been here for like a week, and like that's all you came up with? The floor's cold? You're supposed to be like this great detective. Ends up there in a plane. And uh, but but on a, on a visual standpoint, it's really interesting use of the grids. And I think they're tr- they're looking at that first arc and be like, okay, we've really got to try to do something interesting here, and make this special. And the soft colors being used because it's still it's still Jordy Belair, I believe, doing the colors, and that's sort of the um, the only vestige of the the first arc aside from that like Moon Knight uh, bird thing. Um, but just in terms of the visual look, the, the colors are really interesting. Um, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd sort of stick with this. Um, I don't, I don't think I have that attachment to the character. I have no attachment to the character. But I, uh, but I at least like the ambition to understand that. Okay, that first arc was really special. We really got to up our game here, and it is a nice looking book. Okay. But yeah, I, th- I think it's one of those things where, like, even if I do, you know, like some of the presentation, the character really, like, it's, it's not a character that I have an attachment to. Uh, the last book we have on our list right now is, is uh, The Kitchen Number Three. Um, and I'm noticing that there's a through line here is that I know most of the colorists on all these books just by looking at them. This is another Judy mm. Belair book, and she did Autumn Lands, and then you got Dave Stewart on Rumble, and you got uh, Jean Francois Bellieu on Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon, like, right. Matthew Matthew Wilson on Wicked and the Divine. We're, I feel like we're getting somewhere. Is what I'm yeah. saying. I think I think there's there's it's good. It's good for colorists that uh, that's a thing. And, and do you mean getting somewhere as a people, or do you mean like getting somewhere uh, from the beginning of the show where you're like, and there's some other names on the front of the book. <laughs> I don't well, know who they are. To be honest, that was a DC book and had three anchors. <laughs> I got and they put the they put the they put the uh, the credits like at the very end. Yeah. So it wasn't like I could just flip it and and act like oh right Jonathan Glapion on inks. But he did, you know, some of the pages, apparently. <laughs> but I wasn't reading. I didn't read the, the pick. Of, that's the pick of the week, too. I didn't read it and go, oh, this inking is inconsistent. I'll, I never noticed that, though, really. Um, anyway, the point being, uh, The Kitchen Number 3, this is the um, 70s uh, gangster movie as a Vertigo book that uh, the men have been put away so the ladies have taken over the racket in Hell's Kitchen, uh, mm-hmm. hence The Kitchen. Um I'm gonna. I'm. I'm still reading it, but uh, it's. It's. I think. What do we call it? It was like a little. A little. Uh, on the nose, like it's. Yeah, it's on the a, nose. It's a little JV. It feels. <laughs> it feels a little junior varsity. Um, it's. It's a. It's a really cool idea, but it's like it's. You. You read so many things and it's like, oh, I've seen that in you know in Goodfellas have, or something. It hasn't given me either the note of authenticity that I want. I think. What did we like early when we first started? It. It was like what you would write if you'd only seen crime shows on TV. Right. That's kind of what it feels like. Okay, but I want to like it, and I want to keep going, and because I like all, I like all of the things about it. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's not it's not quite delivering as much as I want. But it's interesting enough. 
Anyway, the point that I want to bring up here is that I got angry at it <laughs> because at the end of the book, uh, there's a revelation and a thing happens and it's it's kind of interesting. And then the girl gets on the phone and she calls the other girl in the bar and is like, yeah, he talked to us about, says the name. And, uh, you know, do they know that we did it? And, and I was just like, why are you on the phone? <laughs> right. Like, and I, like, if they're trying to say that they're not experienced or they're stupid or whatever, like, it's in Goodfellas. You don't talk on the phone. Mm-hmm. Polly doesn't talk on the phone. He gets got because the girl was on the phone. Like, I don't want to see a character make that mistake because I've already seen it. The, 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 that is how Henry Hill gets caught in Goodfellas. That's his downfall is that she ta- like the, the girl talked on the phone. Mm-hmm. So you can't have that be your thing. And if that's not going to be your thing, then, then, you're doing, then it's stupid for you to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like we we are really we are really used to now. Characters all get to call each other on cell phones. So if you ever need two characters to talk to each other, you have no excuse to uh, to put them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wonder if this is that. I shouldn't use the phone. And this is totally like a gangster specific thing. I was like, get off the phone! Like it made me mad. I was right. like, what are you doing? Yeah, I, I felt the same way about that that beat. And then earlier. Uh, when she's saying, you know, don't don't you have a place like like in Goodfellas and like it's it's already drawing enough attention to itself uh, of like you know uh, sort of the interest that it's wearing on its sleeve, mm-hmm. like all of its influences, and then to just to mention Goodfellas, mm-hmm. and then after that or not Goodfellas, excuse me, Godfather. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, after after mentioning the Godfather. Um, she goes and makes that mistake. Yeah. Like, if you're aware enough to be watching mob movies. And I think, I'm pretty sure that, that Don Corleone had a line somewhere about not talking on the phone. Right. So, you know, and it's interesting because one of the things I've always really loved about The Sopranos is that those guys were constantly talking about it, but that worked in a completely different way, in a postmodern sort of way that this, mm-hmm. this doesn't work. Also, it's brilliant, so that helps. If it's brilliant, you get away with a lot of stuff. Um, I'm still reading it. I, I, I don't want to – I keep reading it. I, I'm, I'm, I want it to work, so I'm, I'm sticking with it. I want a Vertigo book to work. I want, uh, I want a book that has ladies working on it, uh, yeah. about, and, and the whole thing. But it bugged me. It bugged me. I also, and this is sort of this – this doesn't necessarily bug me, but I, I sort of like that whenever anything bad happens, they immediately reach for their guns. And, and like they have their guns <laughs> out in like the middle of the street. Yep. Yeah, they're, they're not – they don't seem to be good. It seems like they should be going to jail and be killed soon. And not even like little guns, like big, no, huge hand cannons. Exactly. Yeah, that's not how wise guys do it. This is like any sign of provocation. The gun is out of the purse. <laughs> Let's go. I wonder if that's a. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if that's symbolism. Anyway, um, so that's the books from the week. Uh, let's move along. We 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 talked. Actually, we ended up getting a lot of uh, time out of those books. So let's move on to listener questions and see what we can get through from these. Um, Brian writes in and says, this question is mainly for Paul, although I'd still love to hear what Connor and Josh think about it. Are you looking forward to CM Punk's writing debut in comics, Thor Annual? What are your general thoughts on his entering the world of comics, especially since there's a lot of creative hardships in the industry that he just left? Um, I am excited. I am a fan of CM Punk. Uh, He's a really great uh, showman and one of the reasons I like CM Punk isn't just about his athletic ability but because of his presentation he uh, is known for the pipe bomb where he uh, he grabs the mic and, and is able to say sort of whatever he wants and breaks the fourth wall a little bit uh, and 
I think would be a great actor. Now, is is he going to be a great writer? Um, that remains to be seen. But he's going to be writing a Thor story, and you know, so that's two things I'm a fan of. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what he does. Have you ever read anything he's written? Have I read anything that he's written? Has he written uh, anything? I don't. I don't believe so. Okay. But I mean, he does like his own sort of writing for his like his character mm-hmm. like yeah, okay. I, I the character that. that he would play he came up with some pretty That's, interesting uh, storylines and from what i understand they kind of for a while at least let him do what he wanted to do that really is though only the the very barest need for a person who's a comic book writer though yeah i mean it's i mean if if i'm, I'm going to sure draw from anything help. yeah and he's he is going to have help and but uh he's he's an he's an interesting persona and uh be interesting like you know how is he going to write you know action are we going to you know see you know, uh, a more thoughtful take on, or is he going to go a completely different direction and do, and I know, and I know he is a comic book fan. So yeah, no, and I've heard that. And, uh, I don't know much about him other than people that I know seem to really like him a lot, both as now, a personality and an entertainer. Interesting, interesting throwback here. I think he would be a great Casey Jones. <laughs> like if, if they did, a, a, uh, like if they that. were to do like a live action turtles movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they haven't. Since. Not as if they haven't. They haven't though since since uh, since the nineties, right? Since the nineties, right? So, but he would be a great Casey Jones. Well, there you go. Um, so there, there's a little something for you, Brian. Uh, Adam from Indiana writes in and says, "Hi guys, I recently commenced my annual rereading of the unabridged Oxford English Dictionary and ran across the word ennui. I find it a fascinating concept. I wonder if one of you would care to share a personal experience with the sentiment, since this is a comic book podcast. Perhaps you could relate it to some noteworthy comic book character." Uh, he's really giving us carte blanche there if we're going to just keep using uh, twee French terms. Okay, so let's look up exactly what ennui means. I know what it means, but I want to I be thought able- it was uh, I thought it was the, the French pronunciation of the name Henry with a slight speech impediment. <laughs> a feeling of listlessness and dissatisfaction arising from a lack of occupation or excitement. Boredom. Yeah. It's a it's a more existential version of boredom is how I always think of it. Just very well put. Yeah. So um, I think of uh, I think of Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Ennui. So like, um, I think of Ziggy, and I think of um, I think I think little depressed boy. There's a little bit more Ennui than depression going on there. So you're thinking of it in terms of of what the work is uh, projecting, as opposed to your your feeling about comics or something oh okay well i was just i I don't know i was just trying to find an embodiment of ennui and so um you know what okay if i if i had to do it your way i would say uh death from the infinity gauntlet there you go that's a good one just wants nothing to do with whatever it is thanos is destroying she's like "Eh, it's fine so it's it's sort of like it's sort of like apathy but yeah um, but also like i've seen it i've done i'm death what do you 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 know come on what do you what do you mm -hmm. um as a reader, I think, especially uh, what we are is is intense readers. Like we're constantly inputting, um, and it's there's patterns and things like that. I definitely get that sense of it. Um, and I've gone, I find it to be very cyclical. Like there's there was a while, you know, there's been times where I'm like, I, I don't want to read any more superheroes right now. But then at the same time, like it comes and goes because this week, uh, my my you know my pick of the week was was a really straightforward, punchy. Uh, Superman and Batman story, which is sort of straight as you can get. So, like, you know, I go back to appreciating it because I think that the industry sort of focuses on different things. And as they do that, you either get 
tired of things or or you know or, or, or what, what's old becomes new i guess but i definitely feel that um you know like we all had zombie on we you know, for a little while or, <laughs> or you know whatever the the, the you know the, the lady villain characters you know like that was like okay it's it doesn't have any so I, I think that that's that's a part of being a longtime comic book reader for some for others they want that all the time and they never get bored of the thing they don't want anything else uh whereas i don't have that at the opposite i think yeah i i mean you could think of it as like a like a burnout kind of thing like it's just this isn't working anymore, you know, or, or it could green lantern. Okay. Green lantern had this great concept with darkest night, you know, and, and, and there were these colors and it was a whole thing and it just got like, I just, there was totally a sense of ennui with that, you know, as a concept and they just did it for another seven years or whatever. (laughs) They just kept going. (laughs) I don't think it was that long, but it felt it, you know, um, I don't know. I'm probably I'm I'm probably getting away from the the meaning of that word. Uh, just a, just as a visual, I think of um, you know the you know the Spider-Man No More kind of thing of you know the Spider-Man costume in the dumpster and walking away, yeah, and just kind of down about it. And a lot of times it isn't just like tragedy, like oh no, I like the character isn't just like I can't. Um, I'm I'm a danger to everyone. It's like it's a thing where. You know, Spider-Man and I think Superman especially are characters where it's like nobody's with me. You know, no matter what I do, um, Charlie Brown as well. <laughs> it's a character very much where like the world's kind of against me and no matter what I try, it's just not working out and everybody's having fun. Like the that little, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas tree, that's that's on we. <laughs> All right. I think we uh, I think we nailed that, dude. That's a fun question. It That's, was. Uh, it was, was interesting to explore. I was very happy about it. Um, I have one more email. I don't, okay. We didn't discuss it. I'm just wanna, these came in. These okay. are separate emails. There's no question. Jason says, I haven't understood any of Jonathan Hickman's Avenger, Avengers, and I have no idea what Marvel announced today. Thank you, Jonathan. I, Jason, <laughs> That's, I, I understand you. It sounds like you got a little bit on you, ennui with that. Yeah, and then he also wrote it again. Around. He wrote it again. I like when y'all talk about the broadcast energy transmitter, Yo Joe. So earlier in the show, that was for you, Jason. <laughs> go ahead, and put that out. Uh, Marvel totally, totally organic. Marvel, you know what? Marvel made an announcement uh, that there's going to be big changes, but there won't be. <laughs> there will. There'll be changes. It's it's change. Comic books are. It's are, whether are, they'll stick is the thing. Comic books are the status quo with the illusion of change. That's what that's what mainstream superhero comics are, and everybody needs to remember that all the time. Let me let me ask you this, okay? Uh-huh. Um, so we're gonna so they're they're gonna do the Secret Wars thing, and it's all about like let's take all of these alternate realities and push them together and have them fight, and and it's it's sort of the the bigger event version of what we were talking about with um, with all new X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any like? alternates or what if kind of versions of characters that you would you know like to see again uh i mean like like would you like to see a return to like house of m or like uh age of apocalypse things like that the thing is i don't like uh, there's a couple of things that i'm sure have been on the shelf for a while but we see a return to stuff like it's lame but i'm like i'm like i'd like to have my steve rogers 
Steve Rogers, Captain America back. And I'd like to have... I'm, I, no, see, because everything I want to say is, like, put it back the way it was. And I know that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, and, that, and honestly, that's my thought. Like, my other thought was like, well, Iron Man look, has gotten kind of stupid. You don't like the idea of uh, Falcon being Captain America. I actually don't mind it. I'll read it as a story, and I'm fine with it. But, you know, I like I like Steve Rogers as Captain America. But I also don't mind, like, exploring him in a sweater vest. <laughs> in, 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 like, a crouch. I'm cool with that for a little bit. I can't... I don't know. I don't. I don't even tend to think of. I don't tend to think of Marvel as like as alternate versions of whatever. I really like Miles Morales, and, and yeah. I've been way more into reading that than Peter Parker. So actually, I would be fine with that. I liked. I liked Ultimate Peter Parker quite a bit, and he's out there somewhere. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um. Although maybe that was like a way to like end his story. Like he went out and he found his. You know, he found his groove, and, and that's what he doesn't want to be Spider Man, and that's fine. And that'll be. Yeah. Nice. I, I mean. I, I I agree in that I think it's with with Marvel. I don't necessarily have favorite alternate realities. It's it's that's much easier with DC. Yeah, because they have other Earths, and so you they have other Earths. But with like Marvel, it's been more informal. Yeah, you know, and so it's it's the the line is a little bit uh, subtler. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I just uh, I'd like. There were a lot I pr- of- I prefer the previous Guardians of the Galaxy to the current. Oh sure, Incar- but incarnation. Just, but that's but not a. All that you and I are just saying is like, I wish you did it like this again instead yeah. of doing it now, which I don't think is what was what that question has in mind. Mm-hmm. But it could be a way to revert some of it to you know it was nice to try things, but maybe that didn't work. Let's let's go back to ground, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Maybe change things. I don't really care. I, I I at this point like I'm not connected to it enough. Like it would be fun to have old Scott old style Hawkeye, but I don't mind the new one. You know, like I don't I don't mind what's going on with him there. Although that seems to be pretty much over. Yeah, if I, if I'm trying to come up with an answer to that, it's I'd, I'd have to be I'd be reaching for something. I'd, I'd first instinct pretty was, easy going about it. My first instinct was like the Thor, the kid in the future story who got Thor's hammer, but that's because when I was 11, I thought that he looked cool as shit, <laughs> and I don't really remember much about it other than I ordered the uh, the issue from American Comics and had it delivered to my house, and I sent in a form because there was no internet. Mm-hmm. And they sent it to me, and I have that in a box, and, and I haven't read it since then. But uh, there it is. So um, if you want to write in, uh, that was fun. Thank you uh, for everyone who wrote in. Uh, you can email us at contact.fanboy, or you can leave a voicemail at 888fanboys, which is 326-2697. Uh, tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, you know, keep it keep it cool. Don't, don't go on too long or anything. <laughs> now, listen, related to that, and this is super important, if you want us to do a Valentine's Day show with relationship questions as in previous uh, years, uh, you need to send them in. We need more of them, and if we don't get enough good ones, then we're just going to bag the segment. So uh, don't make stuff up. Give us give us something, but but write in. What, what's the yeah, and here's the thing. Like, it, don't worry about like being funny or anything like don't. that. Just... We are the ones who need to worry about that. And obviously, we don't, we're not afraid to miss. Yeah, just you know, if if you have a question, just you know, be be honest about it. Write it. You can. You don't have to. We don't have to include your whole name or anything like that. But whatever. But uh, you know, don't. We 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 want questions to come in. So, um, whatever you're thinking, ask. Yeah, definitely. So uh, again, write in contact at iFanboy or uh, call in eight 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 fanboys three two six. Two six nine seven. Uh, let's make the. That was a really fun show last year. People really liked it. But obviously, we need your help with that. So make sure you write in. Don't just wait for other people to do that. Yeah. So that being said, go over to ifanboy.com. You can comment on the show. Talk about the uh, books from the last week. Uh, you can talk about 
you know, anything you want in that thread, really, unless it's horrible, and then we'll just take it out. But, you know, I guess take your shot. Uh, and you can find all of our podcast show, even all of the old content that was there, all of the uh, minecarp, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> again. That's going back. Yeah, I know. It's going way back. But it's there, is what I'm saying. There is a treasure trove at ifanboy.com. Uh, you can follow ifanboy at twitter.com uh, slash ifanboy. Or Facebook.com slash iFanboy. Those are the places where we're going to post uh, what the pick of the week is before this show comes out so that you'll know. And you can be there. And, of course, you can follow us at uh, CL Skillpatrick, at Fuzzy Typewriter, and at J.A. Flanagan. And finally, if you dig this sort of thing, write a review in iTunes. Or better yet, tell your friends about the show. Um, what's one I haven't done yet? Maybe uh, – no, don't do that. Put it as an answer in a, in one of those cootie catchers that you made in grade school. I don't know. I don't Tell know. people about iFanboy. Just do it. You know, I'm just saying, say you dig it. You'll probably like it too. Find a way. Find you'll find a way. Do it. We you know what we we believe in you. We do. We do. Sidewalk chalk. There it is. Make it happen. I like I like the choice of sidewalk chalk because it's not permanent. You know, we're not telling you to like graffiti it on walls and it's stuff. But nice. people will notice. They will. They can't not. You don't usually see. You know, a URL in uh, sidewalk chalk. Uh, yeah, and listen, this is just this is a craft thing. You can do what you want, but I would go ahead and leave off the HTTP colon slash slash because I don't think it's necessary. In fact, yeah. you could probably leave off the W's. Well, yeah, that's that's a little that's a little wacky, but at least you're saving chalk. So that is all for this week's show. Uh, thank you so much, uh, uh, Connor. will be back next week, uh, and and all will be well. And until then, I'm Paul. And I'm Josh. Disrespect, but I got